This is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. Their minds are not for rent to any god or government. Hello, kitties. We're going to have a good time today. And we are talking to Marvin Brooks. And I feel like reggae is selling him short. It sounds Don't you like think? It. Yeah, I would believe so. Yeah. Like, I feel like everything is sick. Oh, he's reggae. But yes, but no. I mean, reggae's outstanding. That doesn't, that's not to disparage no. reggae. Like, but I feel have, like it's too small a box to put him in. Right. Like many of our guests, he has been in multitudes of arenas. He's just best known for the reggae side of it. Yes. A lot of boxes. Lots and lots of boxes. So, and you missed out on talking with him, which is I did. Thanks a for damn shame. Yeah, Appreciate no problem. that. Way to um, more, more salt in the wound. I like it. Yep. No, he was great. And um, yeah, I now know somebody in, in Germany if I ever head over there. Well, I know someone in Germany too. So. Oh, show off. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. The day this episode is appearing, uh, I will be returning to Pittsburgh. Yes. For Kiss's farewell tour with uh, the nine-year-old. Yes. Who I, I prefer to refer to as the elder. Yes. Uh, and so we need to write a note to his teacher to explain why. Oh. And so, of course, I said, I will take care of this dude. Oh, my God. I'm like, I want to write this note. Please let me write this note. Not even as I'm not as a parent, but I want to write the note. Mrs. Rudolph, I'm going to be honest. The elder is going to have a fever tomorrow and the next day. But don't worry, no need for tears to be falling. There is a cure for this fever, but we're going to have to call Dr. Love. Tomorrow I'm going to be taking the elder to see Kiss rock and roll all night live in concert. Don't worry, it's not in Detroit Rock City, just Pittsburgh. He's going to miss Thursday as well because we will be partying every day. (laughs) Some might think skipping school to bring a child to see the spaceman, catman, the demon, and the star child foolish, but really, it's a cultural odyssey. This is their farewell tour. I saw the band once before in 2000 on their last farewell tour. Apparently, you can really drag out an exit. Sometimes you just have to shout it out loud. In a world without heroes, you need to take these opportunities when they arise. You might hear Beth calling, but who knows if she'll call back. They were made for loving us, lest you forget. So we're going to pack up the car. Don't worry, no cold gin. And get ready for a crazy, crazy night with the God of Thunder, the king of the nighttime world. Like the man said, you got nothing to lose. Thank you for your understanding, and we will bring you back something from the merch stand. Would you prefer a Zippo lighter with the band's likeness or a coffee mug? Actually, you probably have enough coffee mugs for more than one lifetime. The Zippo it is. (laughs) So there we go. She will be getting that on Tuesday. Amazing. And based on how she responds, we'll determine if your children can remain in that school or not. Exactly. I'm in Hamburg, Germany right now. That was the follow-up. What city? Okay. That's good. Yeah. And is that where you grew up in Germany? I know it was no, kind of I between... I was born and raised in Berlin, Germany. Okay. And um, 
around like the first time I moved to Hamburg was about um, I think it was around 2012. That was the first time I moved to to Hamburg, and I stayed here for a few years. And um, then I moved back to Berlin. In between to Ghana, I was there for about two years, and um, since a year now, I'm I'm back in Hamburg. Do you like it better than Berlin? It's obviously a smaller city. It's a smaller city. It's the harbor city. I love to be close to water. So to me personally, um, it's a plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and because of the fact that the city is smaller, um, I don't need too much crowded places. To be very honest, like I'm right. an artist, you know, I'm, I'm a free spirit, so I don't I don't need to be around like where all this flashing lights are and stuff like that. I I need my like small quiet corner, you know, and just be creative. Yeah, and I'm assuming. I- as far as uh, how many years did you spend in Ghana? Because to my mind, it seems like Ghana and Germany are two separate worlds. They are. Um, but because of the fact that my mom, um, my mom moved to Germany or came to Germany like around 40 years ago. And um, when I was born like 33 years ago, um, she, she always made sure that, um, that I, I never forget my roots and I know where I'm coming from. Um, I'm, I'm mixed. My mom, my dad was was German, and um, my mom is a Ghanaian. So um, she always made me understand that I'm I'm part of both cultures. But my tribe and my roots, my DNA is from Africa, and 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 she she made sure that I understood. That's interesting because I feel like you hear that in the record. Like that kind of, a <laughs> well, little bit of that just mixtures in this interesting combination of of styles, and you know. Uh, for lack of a better term, roots. Definitely. I mean, growing up in in Berlin is, um, and especially I was born in 87. So the wall mm. was still up <laughs> right. and, and, and uh, the allies were still very present. Even though me as a child, I recognized that there was, there was a friend of the family who was, who was an American GI. And he always took me to the barber inside of the uh, embassy. And I remember those small, small, tiny things. And, and of course, even though my dad was German, he loved American music and especially soul and black music, everything that came from America. So I was, it was given to me. All those CDs were lined up at the house when I was three years old and I just tuned everything in. And, and I think that's where the inspiration comes and that's where the cultures are. You know, that's why I'm, you, you could probably hear that on the LP because I'm mixing up different things that I was, I grew up with, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, because I was listening a little bit to, uh, like, I think it's high life music. Yeah, the, the, like, and hearing some of that music. just like it's not super obvious, but it feels like it is definitely an undercurrent to to some of the stuff on the new record. Oh, I, I definitely appreciate it, though. <laughs> <laughs> because none of my producers are basically African that I'm working with, right now. <laughs> but um, I mean, they 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 kind of adopt to what I was, what I wanted to, you know, create. And I came with my vibe, they had theirs. And I think it just worked perfectly. Did you do the record in Germany? Yes. Um, I, okay. Let's say like that. I started um, January, 2020. That was the first time I came back to Germany after two years. Um, okay. We started recording for like three weeks and I went back to Ghana. Um, and this is where Corona started basically. And, and Ghana was like two weeks after I landed, Ghana um, declared a, a lockdown. 
a complete lockdown. They shut down the whole country. And this was by the time where my producer and mentor, Christian, actually went to America to, to, to play the record or the demo tracks to the label. Everybody was excited and they wanted me to come back so we can finish the album. And I couldn't leave Ghana for three months. So I recorded through the internet, like via Zoom and stuff. I, I, rec- I pre-recorded some stuff. I demoed out some, some uh, new tracks for the album. And Herman uh, Shepetkov, he's one of the producers. He basically took all of the ideas and just um, worked with it from Germany. And we, hmm. we talked through the whole process on the phone or through the internet. And um, we created like six songs through that. And that's why actually after that, I was able to go back to Germany and finish all the rest. But um, I always hate having, like we always talk about the fact, like I, we hate having to ask questions about what have you been doing during lockdown? What have you, and like, because <laughs> it completely upended for music in particular, like yeah. just how you do everything, how you, you know, and, and how much of music it comes from that being in the same room with somebody getting on a groove and just having this nonverbal communication that yeah. suddenly you got to reinvent how you do it. Well, I don't know. I think to me personally, it was just, um, I was in a, I was in a very um, chaotic place before Corona came. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I didn't really know where to go. I had all these songs lined up. I was, I was basically like trying to find my way in Ghana as a musician. That was before my guys called me basically. And um, it was hard for me because I was the new guy in town, but at the same time, all these new um, um, events that were happening, all these new people that I met, um, all these new conversations I had, it it made it easy for me to stay creative, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because everything was new to me. So um, I just took everything in and I tried to stay creative and, I almost like in 2019, I've been alone almost the whole year. So when Corona came, it was new, nothing new for me, to be honest. So um, right. I, just, I just handled the situation like everything else in life. So, yeah. Um, Do you think it helped the music? Having that extra time, having that sort of isolation? That's a, that's a good question because <laughs> um, for as far as I can see, um, on like how people reply towards my LP so far. Um, I can tell that people are listening differently now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's something good for my opinion, because um, I think there was a lot of bad music out there back then, like before, you know, and I mean, still to this day, it's, it's so easy for, for people to make music these days. So of course the level has dropped a little, my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much, and um, but yeah, I think I think it helped music. I think it helped a lot of the a lot of artists that's been so busy, like remaining their success or remaining their status instead of like re I don't know refining themselves or redefining themselves. You know, because yeah. that's what we always got to do as artists. You know, we always got to find a new challenge, a level up. Even though success been been going up and up, like we still have to keep ourselves humble and busy so we don't lose ourselves as artists because it can, it can happen quick. Mm-hmm. And it's and like you said, it's interesting the way people have been responding to the record. Cause I, 
I put it on, I was listening to it and a ghost came up and I'm like, this is, I really dig this and felt like I'm the only one who likes this. And then I go back (laughs) and read through the paperwork and I'm like, Oh, Nope. I am not the first person to respond to this. Well, did um, you write all these lyrics? How much of it was done during the pandemic? Did you rewrite stuff to, because of what was going on in your life with, or what was going on in the world? Or was it pretty much in, you know, in ink and, and dried by that point? No, um, we didn't rewrite anything. Like all of, all of the emotions that were there were, were, were written in 2020 before Corona came to the mm. map, basically. So we didn't rewrite anything. It was just, we adapt our emotions towards the situation and everything that I've been writing recently is, is definitely part of it. Like, it, you know, because I see things differently now. Of mm. course, the world is hurt, you know? And, 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 and as an, I would consider myself as an empathic person, um, I, I would be blind or, or to not to, to see that or to feel that. Is it hard for you when you see that, that suffering and that pain, like you said, as an empath- empathic person, as somebody who's sort of interpreting this stuff, is it hard to put it away and have a good night and, you know, uh, shake what your mama gave you, if you will? <laughs> Just like that, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, to be very honest with you, I had, had, had tough times, like, asking myself that question. And... Um, I, I got to a point where I understood that until I'm getting to the position of me basically being able to change things, to change the world that I'm in mm-hmm. um, a little bit or make it a little better, um, until I'm in that position, um, it's good to be aware of what's going on, but you shouldn't, you, sh- you shouldn't get like, you shouldn't lose yourself in that because as much as we, as much as we can learn of what's going on, like the only thing that we can change is the future. That's what I'm always saying, you know? Mm. Um, we can learn from our history. We can learn from the past. We can learn from recent days. But like one thing that we, we still can change is the future. And, and yeah, the history, was, the history is history. We should, we should never forget that, but focus on what's coming. Mm-hmm. And um, until I'm not on the position to change things actively, um, I just try to write about it. Yeah. With the record, too, I noticed there's a few tracks that sample old gospel songs. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that's part of your father's influence of just handing you American blues and going and all of that. Is, is that something you've always been interested in, that you've always been incorporating into your own music? Yeah, well, um, I mean, I started, in a, I started off in a group and, and rap was the medium that I used at first. I, I couldn't sing at the beginning. Um, but even back then, uh, I used to go to church when I was younger and, and through my youth days. And, and I always remember that the gospel songs stick to my heart and, and stick to my head. But I always wanted to um, find another way to speak about spirituality and not mentioning God all the time or make it differently. Because it seems like the world these days you have to you have to be smarter to get into the heads of people mm-hmm. you know so <laughs> so you just try to i don't know to um package it a little bit differently mm-hmm. um uh yeah 
for that, I would say, as I went down, for example, was when, when, when they played me that record, it was a challenge for me because I heard the song and, and Chris showed me um, where he actually had the idea from. He showed me the, 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 um, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was from a movie, a scene. And I was like, yo, the song is that old. And I see a scene where all these, sorry, like no offense, but I see all these white people going into the water to pray. And I'm pretty, pretty sure that by that time, everyone was owning a slave, a black mm-hmm. person, probably. Yeah. yeah, and then and um, I was just like, isn't it ironic to sing that song and and act like we all that holy? But you know, God is seeing everything, and and that's why I asked him. I'm like, can I write whatever I feel like? And he was like, of course. And that's why I started like seeing it as a poem and tried to rewrite the the church track into a a, a song of facts. Not with the finger, like not pointing out like you, 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 the this and this, this, not just to just to just to talk about straight facts that's been happening with the message that we can only change it together. You know, and that's sort of acknowledging that sort of fake or false piety that some, especially yeah. at that time, was kind of the uh, part for the course. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 all past. We should never forget the past, but. The only thing we can change is the future, like I said. Right. And, and, and that's together. To me, that's together. And I mean, who can who can who can sing a song better than the guy who comes from both worlds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's it again, it it goes back for me. I feel like you hear so much of that cross-pollination in what you're doing. And that mm-hmm. um was that always something that was sort of organic or is that something you sort of like had to say, all right, well, I'm going to spend some time studying high life. I'm going to spend time studying gospel and jazz and blues. And I'm going to really figure out what makes this music, the thing that I respond to that other people respond to. Well, I always wanted to make sure that I'm doing good music. And 20 years ago when I started doing music, I just wanted to be famous. Like, you know, I was 15, 16 years old and I just wanted to be famous. And I, I love what I did back then. And, but I seriously fell in love with being on stage at early age. And, um, and back then when I was on tour, we were a group and we've been on tour with 50 Cent in 2007. I was 19 by the time. And um, that's where actually I really realized that, okay, this is what I want to do in my life. I don't want to do anything else. And... Mm. I needed to make sure that I find a way to to get to that stage because we was a support act. And I knew back, back then that this, this whole crowd was leased, basically. You know, they're rented. They're not coming for me. You know, right. I have a chance to impress them and maybe some of them will follow me after that. But in general, they're coming for somebody else. But my goal is one day I'm standing on the stage and all of these people are coming for me. And with the years, I understood that I'm here for a reason and, and, and I'm, I'm spiritual. I think, yeah, my, my mom had a plan behind that. I don't know. She didn't plan for me to become a musician, but she always made sure that I believe and, and I made sure that I understood that, that God is watching regardless of where you are 24 seven, he's watching. Just make sure that you present yourself correctly in the eyes of God. You mm-hmm. know, that's what, that's what she made me understand. 
And yeah, I've, I've, I've been a wild guy, of course, you know, <laughs> I'm 33 years old and my 20 was like crazy, you know, and, um, but at the same time, I always understood that in order to become something, you have to be extremely good, especially if you're coming from a place where nobody takes people seriously when it comes to music. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's the status that pe like, people have if they look at Germany. We talk about a country that has their darkest days, yeah, mm -hmm. um, redefined themselves and then came up with like, or still having these gigantic like um, companies that rep represent the whole country, basically, like BM like cars, BMW, Mercedes, like all of these things that are coming from Germany. Like the country is proud of that. But mm -hmm. like when it comes to music, like they only have classic music and then, then there are a few bands like Rammstein. They are very famous, you know? Right, yeah. But at, at, at the end of the day, there's nobody else coming. There's Zoe Reese right now. She's an artist from Germany as well. And she's coming up. I can tell that she's making it big. Um, but besides that, there haven't been too many people coming out of Germany. So in order to even tell my people that I'm going to be an international star, they already think that I lost my mind on the way, <laughs> you know, and now I'm finally here having all these interviews with people from America. And, and that's just like, okay, I know that I'm on my way. So I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. When you were on tour, like you were saying, well, you're in your twenties, you had a good time. And yeah. obviously everyone looks back and goes, ah, wish I had done that differently. Uh, mm -hmm. when you're younger, but on those tours, you know, you said you were, you were in a rap group at that time. You've kind of sort of changed genres. You said you're singing more at any point. Did you get to talk to 50 cent or Justin Timberlake? And did they slip you any, like, kind of like, well, here's something to keep in mind as far as just. Uh, yeah, straight up. I, I remember one, one thing. Um, it wasn't with Justin Timberlake. We only had one performance with Justin Timberlake and we only mm -hmm. said each other, Hey, how you doing? That was it. But with 50, right. we've, been, we've been on the road for like one and a half months. So we got to know each other, like the whole crew, basically. I, we always like got into a little convos. And and when we had our last show, it, it was in St. Petersburg, Russia. Mm -hmm. And um, we just decided, like me and my old group member, we, we decided to write a letter in order just to say thank you. Because it's it's not, it's, you know, being a support act, um, there's a lot of cliches, but you mostly get treated pretty bad, you know, on, on the mm -hmm. road um, because nobody cares, you know? And um, I don't know how we did it, but we made sure after a week that they cared about us. They didn't let us down and, and, and they gave us a platform. And um, we really appreciated that. And we wrote a letter and he called us in after his show because he was on stage while we put the letter into his, you know, backstage. Mm -hmm. And um, he called us in after the performance and, I remember very closely one thing he said because I was very disappointed at when we had a show in Berlin at our hometown, basically, and mm -hmm. people didn't like it. And um, he said something like, you know, the whole world had to celebrate me first until my own city did. And that that's in my brain till that day, to be honest, that's something that mm. sticked in here forever. And yeah. um, if I ever want to meet this guy again, I, I have to thank him for that because, um, you know, because of the fact that my own city is not supporting me right now, I can tell that I'm very close. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So where do you go from here? I mean, it seems like touring is kind of dicey right now. Are you 
you working on new stuff how has your writing changed since what's on the new record has it evolved even more yeah definitely um um, um, we already wrote six demo tracks for the next LP. And I told I told all of my people that I just want to use the time wisely while we can't be on tour because once like everyone is telling me like, yo, you're good to go. I'll be gone. That's what I told everyone. Like I'll be on the road because I missed it too much. This is my life. This is what I want to do. And once everybody's saying, okay, you're good to go. I, like nobody should stop me because... <laughs> But before that, like until until that, we're definitely gonna use the time and, and write. If I can, if there's time enough, I would love to see the motherland. I would love to go to Ghana for a little bit, just for a few weeks, just to calm myself down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but besides that, basically it's waiting for the next year to come and hopefully it'll be good. Yeah. For all of us. Yeah, definitely. How do you, it's got to be so frustrating to have this record, to have these tracks and be like, I think this is going to kill with an audience. And we're all on the same page. We're having this communal experience. And like, how do you, you it's got to be so frustrating to just be being like, what do you mean we can't go play this for a room full of people? Let me tell you, I, I had a showcase last week, Thursday, and I had to organize so much more than usual um, because of the re- registrations and, and, and you know, re- restrictions and all these rules that, you know, the state is making. And I get it. Of course, we have to be safe. So um, right. I made sure that we had, an, um, we had a venue that was big enough so we can have those people inside with keeping the distance even, you know. And, but it was 100 people in, 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 this, in this venue. And... Um, the the feeling after two after after being gone for like two and a half years and having been on stage proper with a band, that feeling was so amazing. And knowing that you can't have this for the next six months is so frustrating because you just yeah. got a taste of it. You know, you just got a small taste of it, a, a glimpse of how it could be. And then yeah. I recognize that that the music is working fine life. So I'm pretty sure once we're allowed to hit the road, we're going to impress some people. You're like a ghost. You're haunting me. Just like a ghost. You're haunting me. I'll Be Fine by Marvin Brooks is available right now wherever you get your records. For more information on Marvin, check him out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Marvin Brooks Music. And you can also follow him on Instagram where he is at Marvin Brooks Music. You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvé and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together. 